This should be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And good morning, beautiful people. It is finally game day. Well, kind of, sort of. If you're into that kind of thing today, you are absolutely loving it right now on a Louisiana Saturday morning because we got college football on tap. Yes, you've got games like Florida State, Duquesne, you just heard in the two-minute drill. Vandy, Hawaii at least has somewhat of an interest. Nebraska, Northwestern could be a fun ball game out in Dublin, Ireland. Which, I've mentioned before, I hate the fact that we have these NFL Europe games where you see teams go across the pond and stuff like that, but I feel like the game out in Dublin, Ireland, it's done on occasion, so I think it's a little bit more excusable from my point of view. I'll just go ahead and say that right out of the gate. The fact that they have Nebraska-Northwestern as a game out in Ireland is pretty doggone cool. And you also got some really... Fun games. Vandy, Hawaii going to be the closest thing to Pac-12 after dark. But, of course, we also have the NFL preseason. That's starting to wrap up, which, by the way, they shouldn't have a preseason to begin with, but I think there were some really good things to take away from last night's contest if you're a New Orleans Saints fan. Appreciate you listening in right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. But now it's time to get into What's causing all this on Louisiana Saturday morning? What's got me fired up? Dare I say what's got me all hot and bothered about the world of sports on this Saturday morning? And honestly, it's all about them raging Cajuns because they made a big announcement earlier this week. And we're going to get to that right now with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Oh, testify! It's time for your Saturday sports sermon. I wasn't surprised at the beginning of the week for a single moment because reports started flying in like crazy that Chandler Fields would be the starting quarterback for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns when the team takes the field next Saturday against Southeastern. Why do I say that with such confidence? Because he was the crown jewel of Billy Napier's first full recruiting class. Some might forget that when he joined the program, he got some, but it was a lot of kind of holdover from the previous regime. And for the most part, he had openly admitted it, especially when it came to how close it was between his hiring and National Signing Day Part 1. He was going to be more or less punting on that first recruiting class. He was more focused on getting this first true recruiting class in place, and Chandler Fields was that guy. And he looked good on the field in the limited time that he saw on the field last season. He had some really good moments against Ohio 
got a lot more reps there, more significant reps, I should say. But what I was surprised about, though, was the fact that the Cajuns football program made the decision, more or less, to go with two quarterbacks in 2022. And before people say, oh, if you have two quarterbacks, you got none, sky is falling, I'd say pump the brakes a little bit there, Jack, if you haven't heard this part. It's a lot like what they did in the previous regime with Billy Napier during that first season. If you remember it, Andre Nunez, a guy who was an experienced transfer, had a lot of time to kind of build and develop in that those final years of Hudspeth. He was that guy you wanted to have as your QB1. Levi Lewis, he had had his red shirt burned during that homecoming game, one of the more interesting seasons in Cajuns football history. I vividly remember Whenever we didn't know if he was going to start or not, all of a sudden, boom, he's starting. And then we start hearing, you know, maybe he was told, hey, I'm going to be done in four years. I'm a red, I want to burn my red shirt because this is back before you had four games to burn the red shirt, essentially. And little did we know COVID played a role into it to where Levi played one more year in 2021. So again, Cajuns had to make a decision. And I think this may be the decision that works out. Because you got to remember, that first year under Napier, Levi Lewis, he was young, but he got plenty of reps in every fourth drive. And here's the thing that blew me away every single time. I can damn near count on both my hands, maybe start on my toes a little bit, how many times I saw a drive where Levi Lewis absolutely crushed it on the field. And he had drives that were one or two plays, boom, touchdown. That's what you want if you want to kind of shake things up and have this QB1, but at the same time, your QB2, no matter what, will be in that spot every fourth drive. Ben Woolridge, he's a young guy. I'll get to that in a minute. But it surprised me, but at the same time, once I had some time to process it all, guess what I came to the realization of? The fact that I think the Louisiana Raging Cajuns have the right idea. Because based off of all I heard and read from the second scrimmage, he looked pretty damn good. And he meaning Chandler Fields and he meaning Ben Woolridge. Both those guys look good. So it's not a situation where both are kind of, eh, both are very good players. Both deserve a shot at the at the crown. And yes, the Cajuns are no longer the hunter. They are the hunted. There's no doubt about it. But I wonder if this isn't the way to go going forward if you see a lot of programs that have these quarterback battles that are hotly contested and you really can't make heads or tails of it. For instance, let's just say hypothetically, LSU, you've got Walker Howard. You've got Garrett Nussmeyer. You've got a guy that you got out of the transfer portal, and more often than not, a guy in the transfer portal going to an SEC program is going to be your starting quarterback. Jaden Daniels feels like he's the guy. There's been no word. It's been very mum. We're eight days out from the start of the season against Florida State on Labor Day weekend. Definitely going to have multiple screens going on at that time in the CD household. But again, those two guys... They looked good. So I can say, without a doubt, this is more to get Ben Woolridge reps because down the road, he could be that guy 
that takes over after Chandler leaves unless the Cajuns land another big name. I think Chandler, without a doubt, is the guy that's going to get this group on the road to success. I'll give my ideas on what I think the Cajun season will look like in hour number two, a little more in-depth look at that. But you look at it. Woolrich, he's from Fresno State. He transferred last season. Still has some to learn when it comes to the system, especially under Coach Dez. Meanwhile, Chandler Fields, he's been part of the program since the 2019 season. He has spent a lot of time under the learning tree of not just Billy Napier, but more importantly, Coach Dez. I think there's no doubt in my mind that this is the right move for the Louisiana Raging Cadence. Now, what does this mean? Do we see Chandler Fields go wire to wire? A little bit of horse racing reference there as the starter. And we see Woolrich every fourth drive as a bit of a wild card. And we get to see what he can do and more importantly, get an idea of how he competes against Sunbelt Conference opponents, especially in it this new look Sunbelt with Troy added to the West. They're going to be an interesting team. I know I poo-pooed them a few weeks ago, but after doing some research, I think they could be a little bit better than even my thought process was. Talk about that more later. But again, I'm wondering if this is the move that programs like the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, maybe not an LSU, but some programs where it's very difficult to have an opportunity to play at a high level in a group of five conference, group of five program, excuse me. Hell, I mean, some power five programs might have that opportunity available to them. Again, LSU, there's no white smoke coming out of the Ponderosa. We don't know who the starter is going to be. Again, likely Daniels, but nothing's come out yet. This could be a great opportunity for teams that have fierce quarterback battles all fall long. Hell, even going back to the spring even, you have an opportunity to give both of those guys that you feel confident in running this offense an opportunity. Is Again, guys like Jane Daniels, they come and go. And I feel like when it comes to LSU and LSU fans, I'm almost certain a lot of them are sick and tired. I mean sick and tired of seeing the transfer portal spit out quarterbacks. Yes, it gave you one of the best quarterbacks in LSU history. I think the best LSU quarterback ever in Joe Burrow. He gave you a damn good one in Danny Edling. But here's the thing. For every Joe Burrow and Danny Edling, you're going to want to get in some middle-of-the-road cats. Why not take this opportunity that you have with Brian Kelly and really start grabbing the best of the best in quarterbacks? That way you can have a truly established QB room because that's where I think the the future of college football is going. But it's a situation where if you have two guys who are busting their ass all fall, you got to give them an opportunity. And that could be a problem solver if your head coach is having a real tough decision to make. Think about this. One team that just pops off the top of my head because of how big of a news story it was a couple of weeks ago is the fact that you have Steve Sarkeesian wanted to go with Hudson Card, who did a pretty decent job his first year. Decent, not great, but did decent enough. And all of a sudden, you start to hear rumors coming from all those cesspools they call message boards saying that they're going to go ahead and go with 
Hudson Card over the five-star Prodigy and Quinn Ewers. But the boosters basically went after Steve Sarkeesian and basically said, either you start Ewers or they'll get him out faster than Archie Manning can sign his NLI. Again, that's just purely my heart of hearts there. When it comes to what's going on with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and their quarterback conundrum they've had over the last few weeks. Because, again, when you have these star players that you want to see how they do, how they adapt and how they react to adversity. Chandler Fields, again, a Rummel Raider, damn near one of the best quarterbacks to come to UL in terms of pure pro-style quarterback, because I think Levi was a lot more of a dual threat, but he started to adapt himself into being more of a pro-style quarterback, but also have that mobility. He was allowed to do that at UL. How does it all kind of spin around? That's where I'm interested to see how it goes. Does Chandler Fields hold on to that role, or is if there's a bad performance, do they kind of flip the script, Shea Dixon style, and say, hey, we want to do it this way. We want to go ahead and have Ben Woolrich run things, be the starter for this game, or what have you. Is it going to be a competition throughout the season, or is this going to be 100% locked in right now that Chandler Fields is the guy? All right, it's Under the Dome with CD. When we come back, we'll get some more stuff involving the world of college football. Changing some things up a little bit because it is officially football season. We're retiring for now, putting it in the storage unit. One of my favorite segments, the top five. We're going to put that away till we get to the summertime again. It's being put up a lot like our boogie boards and all that stuff. Putting that away. But coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of high school football because next week, week one, will be officially underway. And around 9.15, we're going to get you an idea of what's going on in the world of high school football. 10.30, we're going to get into, at the bottom of the hour, the LSU Tigers schedule, go game by game, and give you my predictions, how they do. If you want to call me up, 337-706-0111, You're listening to The Game 1037 Live yet and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think, when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with C.D. And, brother, it is high school football season. Yes, we had a lot of jamborees over the last couple of days. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we got you covered with high school football. We are your official home for high school football. And that includes not just the game, 103.7 Lafayette, with the St. Thomas Moore Cougars, but also the Bar Buccaneers. For those folks out in Lake Charles, you'll be here all the action of the Bucks right here on 104.1 FM. So make sure you download that app if you haven't already. If you're a Bar Buccaneer fan, make sure you download the game 1041 
on Apple and Android. STM fans, I'm sure, because after all the years we've been on, they've been on this station, I think since the outset of the game, over 10 years ago, they've been part of our family. So I'm sure a lot of you already have the game 103.7 mobile app, but if you don't already, go ahead and tell your friends, tell tell everybody else in your life to go ahead and do that. But not only do we have that, we've got the most premier team in all of high school football in the Acadian area, now part of the Delta Media family. That is the, shout out to my dad, he has ingrained that into my brain, the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams on Me TV 97.7 FM. You've got the Carrico High Golden Bears, my alma mater, on Z1059. The Southside Sharks, they're going to be over on Mustang 1071. And don't you dare forget, think that we forgot about our people out in Vermilion Parish. 1063 Radio Lafayette is your place to go for that. And also, News Talk 98.5 is going to be your home now for the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week, RP3, and Chad Jones on the call. Who? Chad Jones, not Mike Jones. Who? It's Chad Jones. So make sure to download the station's free mobile apps and listen to your favorite teams at home or on the road. And Delta Media is your official home for Friday Night Football. And I want to go ahead and kind of delve into something else real quick, and then we'll get to some high school football thoughts, because I was trying to get a lot of the scores and whatnot, but honestly, it was a little bit tough to get a lot of those finals over the last couple of days. But that's, again, a different conversation for a different show, if I'm being quite honest. So, the last four months or so have been very interesting for yours truly. So, I'm going to break it down for you in a very quick fashion. So about four months ago, wound up going in, got some poison ivy after helping out my parents, kind of do some stuff around around the yard, around the house. Of course, anytime I'm out there near grass, somehow, some way, I wound up catching poison ivy. It feels like a curse. But I catch a really decent case. I have a lot of it on my arm. I, think I still have some marks on that to this day, four months later. But again, it's a different conversation. So I had that happen. I go get taken care of, go get the happy shot and all that, and get, and they check my measurements and all that stuff. They see how I'm feeling, blood pressure, all that stuff. See if anything else might be wrong with me. I think there's about a billion things wrong with me, but that's a different kind of doctor. <laughs> go ahead and leave that on the side. So I wind up seeing the scale one day, and it says 273 pounds. 273 pounds is how much I weighed in on April 10th. April 10th, I weighed in 273 pounds. That was a wake-up call in and of itself. I was, I dare I say it, I, I've played the soundbite a billion and two times. I don't have a readily available, but I was fat. Like, I was in a bad place. But when I saw that number, 273 pounds, it was time to make some changes. A lot like Owen Hart used to say, enough is enough, it's time for a change. And that's what I did. I decided to make some changes to my life, personally. And that was, admittedly, that was the tough part, is admitting, hey, you're messed up, you need to make some changes. Now, I'm not not saying messed up in like a bad way, but it's like, hey, 
you're a little sideways. Let's go ahead and make this right. Let's get back down. And I set a goal of 225 pounds. That was my goal, getting down to damn near 50 pounds. And I didn't set a timeline for it, but I said, hey, just do what you need to do to make some changes in your life that are positive, that are for the better, that will make sure you reach those goals and achieve them in a timely fashion. And I said, all right, 50, uh, damn near 50 pounds. Let's see how this goes. Signed back up to the gym for the first time since COVID. I had canceled my membership because, well, COVID was a weird world and gyms were closed. But I was still paying for it. Again, thanks a lot, COVID, for a lot of different things. So that happens. Like the next day, I go talk, I go kind of think about it. Later on that week, go sign up for the gym right before I leave to Dallas to go to wrestling. Start back up in the gym the following Monday. And here we are, August 27th, 2022. And I weighed in two days ago. I hit 225. I hit 225 pounds. I can't tell you the last time I weighed 225 pounds. And it's amazing because I don't necessarily see all the changes, as David Bowie would say, changes as much as I notice people noticing me and all the changes. It was the last weekend. Last weekend was that moment where I said, holy bleep, who is that guy? And there's a video on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked us already, go ahead and like us on Facebook. The Game Louisiana. Last Saturday was National Radio Day. And as somebody who's been part of this company for a long time, it was asked to me to go ahead and just do a quick video. Mind you, we all did a video, but I was asked to do one. I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I see that video. And it's, holy bleep, my face is a hell of a lot thinner. My beard needs to be dyed a little bit better because a lot of those grays are popping out. Maybe I need to shave that beard. I don't know. Just I, It's something I'm going to do myself. But when I saw that, saw that picture, or that video, I should say, it made me realize, hey, look at what you did. That's you. And again, it was a... Holy bleep, who is that guy? And I don't like to get all personal and sappy and lovey-dovey, all that stuff, because that's just not me. But when I see that, it's a perfect opportunity to go ahead and talk about myself and talk about what I've seen over the last few months. In the last four months, here's the thing. I'm not starving myself. I'm not saying, hey, just completely change myself overnight because here's the thing. And for those of you that are listening and maybe are wanting to lose a little bit of weight, it's not a complete overnight change. You aren't Christian Bale getting ready for the machinist. And that is an obscure film reference. If you know what I'm talking about, you know how much he put in to lose a massive amount of weight. That's very different than what you or I are going to do. Because my thing is that if you want to lose a little bit of weight, it's all about making little changes, slowly but surely, until you feel like you can make some more massive changes. Because what I did was more or less cut out fast food. Because I'm here most days from 9 to 5. I go grab lunch, and there's about five different burger joints, all within 
a football throw distance. Now, maybe not my football throw, but still. They're all about a mile or so away from here. You've got the Burger King. You've got the McDonald's, Wendy's. You've got Sonic. You've got Popeye's up the road, Taco Bell. You've got a little bit some other local restaurants nearby, Dickie's Barbecue Pit. So many places that you could just stuff your gullet with. Toned that down, made some changes with how I kind of track my calories for a few months. And lo and behold, within the first two weeks, I lost damn near 20 pounds. Now, none of that may have just been the fact that I also had COVID, so that kind of threw things off. First time I've mentioned that on the air. That threw me off, off the path a little bit. But once I got back into the gym, started just doing my thing, slowly but surely working my way up to different things, hitting certain goals that I never thought I'd hit, like going an hour on the treadmill, running four miles. Like, I I counted it up yesterday after I got off, and I was blown away by it. This week, I damn near walked and ran 15 miles this week on the treadmill. That's just on the treadmill. That's not counting any of the steps that I do throughout the day. I guarantee you, I've done a lot. But that... Those changes, they're simple. It's it's those small things that go a long way. Yeah, they say don't sweat the small stuff, but at the end of the day, that small stuff will make you sweat, and you probably wind up losing a good bit more weight. Again, that's just this is just what I experienced about like four months ago. Four months ago, again, 273, 225. I'm back in the light heavyweight division. But I think I can get down to the old cruiserweight division. I'm not saying 205 is the next goal, but honestly, I want to see how this feels. This morning, I had a shirt that I bought before the pandemic that even then was a little snug. Felt like boot and casing to a certain extent. I put that shirt on today. I had another shirt that I put on as well that wound up fitting a lot better than it ever fit. I threw that on, and that was another moment where it's like, holy bleep, this works. So again, I'm just saying, go ahead. If you need to lose a little bit of those LBs, just make some small changes, cut out some sodas, and I guarantee you, you're going to be feeling probably a billion times better. Just my two cents. Some other stuff going on in the world of sports. We had some great High school football going on. It's Jamborees, glorified practice, but still some interesting games. Namely, the Kiwanis Jamboree. Notre Dame beat Lafayette High 3-0. St. Thomas More took down Cecilia 34-6. The Cougars are roaring. Acadiana High, you'll hear them on 97.7 ETV-FM. They beat Northside 27-6. Some other games of note. Abbeville shut out Crowley 34-0. I haven't seen anything about Church Point Kaplan the final score there. If you know anything, let me know. 337-706-0111. I know Karen Crow the other night eked out a big win over. I was just loving the fact they actually they got that win the other night in their jamboree. Definitely a hotly contested ball game. And they beat St. Martinville 13-12. Turling's Catholic beat Como 24-0. And Southside beat Brobridge 24-0. This was all on Friday night. And honestly, there was a lot of other things that could have happened with 
the Acadian area that just didn't necessarily pan out all that well, mainly because of the fact you had games get canceled. Clark Field, for instance, I know Thursday night, it was a torrential downpour here. I mean, it damn near got in the carport at the house. So I can about imagine how much worse it was over there. Didn't go to, didn't go to any games, but I am looking forward to week one of high school football especially when it comes to our Delta Media family of stations. All right, it's Under the Dome with CD. When we come back, we got a lot more to get to. I'm going to get to my LSU season win-loss record. We're going game by game. I've got some thoughts on each of them, and I'm going to give it to you in just a few moments. You're listening to The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world-famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD, and we're seven days away from the start of Cajuns football. LSU football will be on that Sunday night against Florida State. We'll talk about the game in a few minutes, but guess what? We want to crown you the ultimate tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Here's what you can win if you enter in right now in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You can score chairs, a $500 gift certificate to Chop Specialty Meats to get all of the best meats possible to make sure your tailgate is on point. A brand new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, said that already, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and so, so much more. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. I absolutely would love to get in on this action, but only you can get in on this giveaway. 337-706-0111. If you want to talk about what's going on with LSU in 2022, is I got the game-by-game predictions for yours truly. And we're going to start with that Sunday night game. LSU-Florida State. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Honestly, I said it earlier. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. And if that's the case and he's taking the first snap, I think there's no doubt in my mind. LSU wins, but it's going to be very close. A lot of the experts think that Florida State is still a bad team. I don't think they're going to be guys that can kind of dethrone the Clemsons of the world, but I think they're a team that's going to get a little bit better as we progress into 2022. I think they'll be a little bit better. So LSU-Florida State, I think that's going to be a win for LSU. But again, it's one of those swing games. We'll double back to that in a little bit when we talk about ceilings versus floors for the Tigers in 2022. LSU versus Southern, this is a win. If it's not, Kelly needs to be fired yesterday. This is going to be a great event to see in person. It's going to be a packed house, great stuff, but it'll likely be only a packed house during the first half. It's going to be a win, if not by three touchdowns. 
LSU taking on Mississippi State in week three. It's The series is a weird duck. They have just traded wins and losses like crazy, dating back to 2013. Never forget Dak Prescott's coming out party in 2014. LSU always manages to get two straight wins after they have that, like, you get a win, I get a win, then they win another one. And solely based off of that history, I mean, not being convinced that Leach has a guy that can really push this team into a glass ceiling, at least to me, I'll have LSU win this one and stand at 3-0. And they head into a big ball game against Auburn at 4-0 because they'll take on New Mexico State. I think LSU steamrolls the Aggies from New Mexico. Now we get to that Auburn game. I think the fact that you aren't going to be going forward probably with TJ Finley, that's probably the most interesting part of this if you're Auburn. And mind you, Auburn is looking like a dumpster fire every single moment. Because their AD is just got fired. Just got let go five months before his contract expires, which is a whole different mess. And again, Auburn kind of shot themselves in the foot because they could have gotten Napier, but they decided not to hire him because he wanted more control. That's your fault. And I think, honestly... Auburn wins, it's going to be a very, very, very close ball game. Again, swing game, this could go either way, but I'll go Auburn, and they drop to 4-1. and one. Tennessee against LSU. The Vols are a team that always has a ton of hype, but you never know. But I think by this point, we'll know for sure if the Vols are actually legit or not. But I think this won't be a team like with LSU last year where they lost to Kentucky when it was a game they very clearly should have and could have won. So for me, I'll go LSU getting the win over the Vols, bouncing back before a big game against Florida. And this will be Billy Napier's first real test in the SEC. Yes, they opened up the season against the Utes of Utah, but I think this is going to be an SEC test that they haven't dealt with before. But I think he does win in this one. It's going to be another very close game. I think that's a swing game as well in my heart of hearts. And you think about it. Florida games in recent years, they have been incredibly tough, incredibly competitive, dating back to Jim McElwain and the infamous game that wound up getting moved from Gainesville to Baton Rouge later on down the road. Then you had to kind of make some changes with everything going on. It was a, that, that whole situation was a mess. If you remember... Ed Ogeron's interim year, 2015, all the hurricanes that hit Florida and it caused you to kind of reschedule a game, having not being able to play one Saturday, then moving it back. All that stuff was a complete and utter disaster piece. Then you have LSU Ole Miss, the last game before you get to the big game against Alabama. After not having Matt Corral as their starter at Ole Miss for what feels like 10 years, I think Ole Miss and the lane train get off the rails at one point and the Tigers get a nice win here and head into the bye week with a very respectable 6-2 record. Then you go to LSU-Alabama after the bye week. This is going to be a loss. Alabama wins by two touchdowns, but game is a lot closer than the final score shows. That's how I see things. Now, what happens down the road is a different conversation. Then you get to LSU-Arkansas. And I definitely don't think Brian Kelly wants to lose two straight before the A&M game. 
because I think he they win against UAB. I'll spoil that one right now. But I think they'll get one over on Arkansas. The Razorbacks are a good team. I have been pumping up their stock like crazy. Again, this is based off of what I've seen and what I've heard from a lot of people that I've talked to during the summer. If you've listened to the show, we've had a lot of SEC guys come in and give me their takes on a lot of different teams. Arkansas could be that team that is in that top three in the SEC West, which would be a huge win for a program that a couple years ago couldn't buy a freaking SEC win. Couldn't buy one towards the end of the Brad Bielema era. And now this program's completely turned around with Sam Pittman, a guy I don't think anybody ever thought was going to amount to anything in the SEC. But don't count out the Hogs when it comes to being a better team. But I think Brian Kelly, after that Alabama game, is going to want to whip somebody's ass. And sorry, Arkansas, you are on that list. And then you head into the penultimate game of the season against UAB. And you head into this game, in my mind, 7-3. and three. Let's add one more dub to that record over the Blazers. Now you wrap up the season against Texas A&M. Now the Aggies won't be playing for college football playoff implications in this game. We'll be playing to secure a SEC West title because it's Alabama. I'm sorry to those fans that think Alabama is that Texas A&M, excuse me, is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm sorry. Nick Saban, spoilers, is on a revenge tour and he's coming after all your asses. Because anytime he has two losses, I guarantee you he is going to be going on a Tom Brady-esque post-deflate gate revenge tour. But I think A&M wants to win this one. It's become Texas A&M's Super Bowl in recent years. They want to win this game. And the fact they've started to take over the rivalry in recent years and the fact that it's actually a rivalry to begin with, because you got to remember, when 10 years ago or so, whenever you had... Texas A&M joined the Conference of Dixie. It was pretty much LSU stomping a mud hole, walking it dry, especially during the tail end of the Kevin Sumlin years. But Jimbo Fisher, now he's made that thing a lot, and I mean a lot, more interesting. So in my mind, I think 8-4 and four is the reasonable win-loss record for the LSU Tigers in 2022. Under Brian Kelly, year one, again, I think Florida State, Auburn, and Florida. The Auburn game could be as well. I just want to see what they do with the quarterback situation. I haven't heard anything much on that end either and how it works. But you've got four games that are potential swings. I think Ole Miss could be one as well. Consider that. Those, I think your ceiling could be 10-2. and two. And if your ceiling's 10-2, and two, that is an amazing thing. Now, do they hit that? I'm not necessarily sure. But 10-2 and two in the first year of Brian Kelly in a stacked SEC West, that's a massive win, and it's going to help you out a lot in recruiting, which you've already kind of crushed it from that POV. Again, I think ideally 8-4 and four is the number in the win-loss record I have in mind. 8-4, and four, but I think... 10 and 2, and the absolute floor is 7 and 5. Tennessee 
Again, Auburn, those are two games that could trip you up a little bit more. Let's go out to the hotline, 337-706-0111. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Hey, good morning, Mr. World Famous. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Mr. Jamie. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm I'm actually getting ready to head up the road towards Alexandria to do something in your wheelhouse. I'm going to a wrestling event this evening. Oh, really? <laughs> which 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 indie yeah. promotion? There, there's a there's a, a small group up there. It's uh, United Wrestling Entertainment. They uh, they're based out of the uh, Pineville area. And, oh, I've heard uh, of them. A fun show, man. My father-in-law is one of the uh, ringside announcers, so. Uh, we try to go to the events when we can, but it's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, but look, man, I wanted to say I, I agree with you for the most part, but I'm going to throw a couple of monkey wrenches in, okay? All right. Um, number one, I, when you and Mr. Love used to be on the air in the afternoons, uh, y'all always said LSU was going to beat Arkansas. I always said Arkansas was going to beat LSU, so you know I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, uh-huh. I really think that Arkansas is uh, – going to be on a tear, and I think they're going to uh, beat LSU, but I think LSU will probably be uh, A&M because they're not going to finish the year out with a loss. And then, I hate to say this, man, but I really think Tennessee is going to be a lot better. And I'm not jumping on the hype train because I don't like Tennessee, but I, just from what I've seen and, and, and the reports I've heard, man, they're going to be really, really good. Now, again, you hear that all the time, but I, just something about it seems different this year. Oh, no, so, uh, exactly. I just, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jamie. I appreciate the call. Going to hit a timeout in a moment. But, again, appreciate the yep. call, Mr. Jamie. And here's the thing. You talked about Arkansas. I've been saying the last couple of years that I am willing to buy the crap out of Arkansas stock with Sam Pittman. I just feel like after the LSU-Alabama game, and, again, in my mind, I think it's a two-touchdown game, but the game's a lot closer. I believe that that's going to motivate him. Hey, we almost beat Alabama. We we had a competitive ball game against one of the best teams in the damn country. And I think the best team in the country. Imagine what we could do against a team like Arkansas, which is a step below, but it's a team that's going to be in a very crowded group of teams that are going to be third, fourth, and fifth in the SEC West. It just depends how kind of the shoe drops. Arkansas, it's a swing game, yes, but I'm going to go with my heart here, and I think Arkansas is going to take the L on this one. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Under the Dome on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, talking Saints preseason finale next. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And let me tell you this. We want to help you out with your date night blues. Just go sign up and be a member of our clubhouse right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And once you're a member, you'll be able to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. 
but you can only score the great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Why don't you get up and go sign up today? Right before we wrap our number one, we usually end it with the fave five picks to click, but brother, we're pushing that to the top of the hour in football season, maybe going forward too, because honestly, I wind up running out of time in terms of giving you the full clip and unloading it and giving you some reasons why. I'm just listing them off one by one by one and making it a little bit of a throwaway segment. Admittedly, the fave five picks to click should be your top of the hour two segment, and I'll explain why at the top of the hour. But I got some overall thoughts on the Saints preseason finale, at least the half of football that I watched because I passed out during the second half, I believe like mid-third quarter, so I didn't see much else. The Saints won the preseason game, which was great. Doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but Jameis Winston in his first snaps since Halloween against the Bucks, he looked damn good. Everything was on point. There was one throw that he had of the four that he it was he was four for four, but there was one pass in particular where it was a busted play. He had to he had some pressure on him, but he managed to get a really nice pass to Juice Landry. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, one to Chris Olave that looked great. Alvin Kamara. The dude just absolutely has the best balance, I think, in the game. Bar none. Absolutely one of the most interesting players in the league, in my heart of hearts. He's just absolutely unstoppable at certain points. So with that said, I think it was a big plus there. That said, Trevor Penning. Being hurt, that sucks so hard to see him. He's out with turf toe, going to be out for a good while. How did that affect the team is anybody's guess at this point in time. He's going to be out and definitely could be four weeks, could be a little bit longer. And with James Hurst injured as well, hopefully he'll be back before long. You know, Dennis Allen said after the game he expects him to be ready for the opener against the Falcons. Ingram, he's still got it after 12 years in the league. He looks damn good. I just am not a fan of running backs wearing the number five. It feels freaking cursed. But again, that's just my two cents on that. And hour one is in the books. Hour two coming your way momentarily right here on the game. 1037 Live yet a 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.